Hey everyone, you're very welcome to the OPEX Fitness Podcast, where fitness is explained. I'm your host, Robbie Burke, and I'm really excited to bring you our first show where we speak with James Fitzgerald, the founder of OPEX. Over the next 20 minutes, we get into James's background and how OPEX came into being, and James's aspirations for the podcast going forward. Stay with us. So uh, to all the viewers, welcome to our very first episode. So what we want to do, uh, James, is just for the viewers and the listeners is just to give a bit of your background, the history of OPEX, uh, OPEX's mission, and uh, sort of your hopes and expectations for the podcast going forward. Yeah, well, I'll start with saying that, you know, we're, we're all doing this, including you and I, because I think we want to have an impact on fitness. You know, I think we want to do something for it. And whether that be conversation, whether that be action, whether it be education, implementation, I think we just feel like we owe something to it. So that's probably what, what brought us here. Mm-hmm. Um, that does lead into my, to our, my story, into our story for OPEX. You know, it was just a young, young athlete um, found out through an injury that I had of the power of strength conditioning, you know, knowing weights and knowing, you know, um, what was I doing in the sport or what was I doing in the sport that allowed me to be good? And then I realized I got to go through academics in an institution yeah. um, in order to learn more about that, you know, cause I, uh, I just fell in love with it. Um, and then I fell in love with it so much then that I wanted to like deliver it to everyone else. And so you get spit out and you become a trainer and a coach and you just want to learn more, but also, you know, mm-hmm. give all that information out. And so I had lots of successes with doing that for a number of years um, until people start asking questions on, you know, well, what have you done that's created success with what you do in fitness? And I look back on it and I thought it would be a pretty cool idea to share the five areas of what I thought would make up, you know, a great coaching lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and so we put together an education program that helped people in business and consulting and assessment program design and nutrition, um, and then shared that with the world. And we've had great success with that. Um, while delivering specifically to people personalized fitness um, online and in person. And now we're at the point where we have that education in place as our, our big you know, piece. Um, and we have that education being used to license and grow gyms around the world. Um, and we have that education as a base support for people to either work online or in person in personalized fitness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you, know, you and I, it ends up being you and I together because we share that idea of like, you know, how fitness should be delivered and what it looks like and what the name of it is and et cetera, et cetera. All the questions that are inside of it that I think are so, um, so curious and interesting. I know this is a, a big topic and we're trying to keep this short. Um, but maybe just for the viewers and listeners, could you give them a, a, like a little summary insight into how you see fitness should be delivered in a brick and mortar building because i know that's something very near and dear to your heart in terms of individualized um, yeah training yeah for sure um i think that i've i've got to the point of realization of that individual design by experimentation by going the wrong ways yeah um and over time you know so i just want to i wanted to start with that saying that I didn't choose it as a commercial interest because yeah. actually it doesn't make a lot of money as you would, per, you perceive if you actually study it really hard. 
Um, it puts food on the table and it makes people like have happy lives, but it's not a massive, it's a massive undertaking for scalability and mm. scalability of a boutique product. Right. Mm. So, um, cause you got to scale knowledge, you know, and experience and that that's pretty challenging. So I've arrived at this place where I recognize that what will work in fitness long-term is if there's a coach that gets paid to deliver their knowledge to a client who gets their individualized program, mm -hmm. what works best for them, where they sit at this current point in time. And anything that's not that is what I would argue as being a bad idea for the delivery of fitness. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, the words criticism or, you know, working against it, it is what it is. And it doesn't mean that people were not going to be um, helped by that. But I criticize anything that's not a personalized fitness design um, because it doesn't work for everyone. So when the conversation arises on what's best for people, all they're thinking about is the one person that is involved, let's say, in that Peloton spin class. But they're forgetting about the instructor's longevity. They're forgetting about the business operations to how to maintain it. Yeah. They're forgetting about the viability and stability of the whole system. So when I make a statement of, personalized fitness is the answer for everyone, I really do mean everyone. Mm -hmm. The only linchpin on that is educating enough people around the world as to how to deliver those programs, right? Yeah. And here's where we're, this is the challenge that we're proposed with, which is why you and I are together, yeah. right? This is, it's to spread the news and like tell people the, the power of personalized fitness and, and uh, where it should go and how it helps everyone, how it helps the client, how it helps the coach and how it helps the business. It, it really seems like there's a, like it's, it's something that's coming to a head. And what I mean by that is you see the likes of Brett Bartholomew and conscious coaching. And there seems to be a lot more talk around coaching burnout and really trying to promote the longevity of like a coach and their career. And um, I know again, like that's, that's really one of the main, you know, sort of missions of OPEX is to respect the coach. And it's definitely top, a topic me and you are going to get in deep to because yeah. For any, anyone that's uh, anyone that has interacted with you knows how passionate you are when it comes to talking about coach versus being a fitness instructor, um, and I mean that's a that's a huge area where I think, particularly now the younger generation of coaches get into a field if they can get a foundation in that from day one, you know, it could be a massive game changer in saving a lot of frustration to in in their future career. Yeah, I I die a little death, you know, every time, every day because there's coaches that there's just coaches that are great people that belong in our profession. Yeah. But for whatever reason get burnt or lost or distributed incorrectly. Um and I just think that it's sad. You know, I really do feel bad about it and I will go down burning to stop that from happening for those good people that want to make an impact. Um, I think the, you know, we don't want to, we, this may be an excerpt where we spend a little bit of time, but I think it's, it's, it's ironically our fault. Um, as coaches and representatives of fitness, I think that due to the increase in information and, you know, the spread of knowledge, mm. we've all been okay with the fact that everyone can do fitness. Everyone can instruct it and you can do anything with this whole, uh, propaganda based upon it's good for diabetes and it'll decrease heart disease and everyone on board, you know, and, uh, we, we did, we started that, 
right? Mm-hmm. We started that. But now guess what you get? You now get a coach who's working online, who's working in a park with a kettlebell on a Saturday, doing some personal training, yes. saying yes to that person and yes to that person. Why? Because everyone is in. Everyone's a coach. And, right? and as, you, as you alluded to too, you're getting the market dictating to the coach rather than... The market is telling you what to do. Yeah. So, you know, what, you what never, does an engineer you walk, end up doing? What does an engineer end up building for a house, right? Over time, it's fucking, you end up using pencils to build a fucking home, exactly. right? Why? Because a client told you you should be using pencils, exactly. right? Like, you'd never walk I mean, into a doctor saying, uh, no, this is the cancer treatment I want. Oh, uh, this, I think you should push on my left side of my tongue to I, look down I my throat. This, I read it in this book. On this <laughs> Oh, uh, we could go on, but I think that's but that's our fault, dude. Like, yeah. we've not been, we've not criticized bad ideas mm. for fear of like stepping on toes. And I, I mean, you and I will talk with a bunch of people on this that are, I guess, a little bit more left to that conversation, right? And some that are heavily right, mm. but they're afraid to like, you know, they're like kumbaya. Coaches work together. You're propagating. Uh, a market that tells the coaches what to do. That's what you're doing when you like don't criticize bad ideas in fitness delivery. Definitely want you to touch on, so we've kind of gotten into it, OPEX's mission. So like, you know, when you sit down and you're a guy for a whiteboard and someone says to you, what, what is the long game here? What, what is OPEX's mission? What, what is the legacy that you want to leave with OPEX? Yeah, I think it uh, it would be kind of, cliche to say like exactly what our statement is on our website and I you know it does evolve and change so I actually probably wouldn't even be able to do word for word but the way I I frame it in my head is that right next to the word fitness um, I want OPEX to be right next to that Mm. and that means I want it to be in conversation and I want it to be about this higher order version of fitness you know I want it to be you know, um, in a legacy component where people look back and say, OPEX had a part to play in this, in this genesis of putting fitness coaching and fitness, the word back into respect, right. Connected to all the things that you and I know to be true on the benefits of biology and evolution and natural selection and all the scientific terms, Mm -hmm. because we know it evolves into like a, a better human. Yeah. So I want OPEX to be connected right to that. Um, so that, you know, whether people, you know, 30 years down the road, there's a coach of a coach who, who genesis, who created a genesis of something that helps someone respect a coach in fitness and do fitness better. That's what I want to do a billion times over. You know, it's, uh, I had a conversation yesterday with James Smith, um, and a lot of it was around, um, sport preparation and, he spoke, he gave the analogy basically of like segregation. And he's like, in, to him, he sees that this will be the future of sport preparation in that it's going gonna, it's gonna to desegregate. Like there will be no such thing as a physical preparation or a physio or, or like the, the segregated walls that, that divide them. And he gave another great analogy saying like he sees sport preparation. It's kind of like in the early, the early formulation of physics. And he's like, he was like, you know, like sports preparation is in like, it's, it's such an embryo and an infancy. Same with the fitness industry, you know, if we want to, bring this to yep. our conversation yep. so he's like he's like it's just going to take it's going to it's just a matter of time that in the future so for opex and for I me mean, you'll talk about like 
fitness and medicine are just going to be like this in in, mm-hmm. in the future. It's just it's just that it's it's going to take maybe fifty, hundred years. And see, when you say hundred years to someone, like most of us humans can't. Yeah, because it's beyond. But it can't. It can't take fifty, Robbie. I have to get it done. Oh, I know that. 20. I know that. It's got to be twenty. But but I'm just saying that I'm just saying this this is where it is going to go. So he he gave the analogy too of like Einstein with relativity. And he's like he brought all of that together. Like so he so he desegregated any of the little fields in physics. And I asked him, do you think that's where sports preparation is going? And I see it similar too with it in regards to fitness and that like the, the the divide between like medicine and physio and and fitness and all that is just gonna it's gonna just come together as one. And it has to too. And it's something we're gonna speak about too is like. Yeah, it has to. I, I agree. I was just about to say, like, it's going to, but it actually has to. And so in gr- trying to grow competitive fitness as well as a sport, as a brand new sport, this is on, this is on my mind 24-7 now, yeah. um, that I, I call it a neo-generalist. So Because the generalist in fitness um, over time is, is going to be far more valuable. Ironically, to your medical point, I mean, this is what, you know, leaders in medicine are saying today, and I don't want to quote one person, Chris Kresser, exactly, but I remember Paul Check saying it as well. Yeah, yeah. He's a leader of medicine, but he, you know, he's thinking in that area. You know, they they would say that it's going to be like six to nine months of total education, and they're going to be given all these basic areas of expertise in assessment, intake, nutrition, lifestyle practices, and exercise design. Sounds, mean, that's what sounds he is. like a, a coaching program that I know. Of. I'm just saying that like over time, you know, we're going to see that you don't need eight years of biomechanical models to help people in fitness, right? If you want to specialize in that for a specific area, sport performance, upgrading that generalist sport performance, you know, idea, et cetera, there's going to be a place for that. But we're not going to be spitting a thousand of them out every quarter out of a university and moving them into fitness. You know why? Because there's going to be no place for them. Because the person that's done a nine-month trade on common sense and basic skills and fitness is going to beat them. Exactly, exactly. And I think uh, what I've always really appreciated about your delivery of information is your language. And like what I really loved one time was how you described fitness as medicine, as in you were saying words like prescription and dose response. And like... I think that is an area where a lot of coaches in the industry are illiterate. Um, mm-hmm. And it's an area, and what I mean an area, I mean it's, it's the language of how we deliver our message is an area that, that definitely needs an upgrade. If we want to be, and we will be, as we've just alluded to, eventually you know, respected as highly as the medical profession because what we deliver is one of the most, if not the most powerful medicine you can take. And it's not just exercises, as we've already alluded to. There's the nourishment, there's the, uh, the mindset and psychology and the need to understand human behavior. And then obviously then if you, uh, the assessment part, and then if you want to make a living from it, you need to have your, obviously your business systems in place. But um, I mean, yeah, definitely it's something we're going to touch on is, is you know, fitness and medicine and the future of what fitness is going to look like in terms of packaging it and giving it to people. Yeah, I like it. Um, and I, I do, you make me think a little bit on that because we just finished a conversation on trying to get our whole tribe on board with, you know, specific language of personalized fitness mm. um, and really owning that, you know, because then we say that we're not personal training and we're not group training. You know, we are professional coaching that delivers personalized fitness to help people forever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what OPEX does. Um, and I think that can be delivered online or in person and we can really make a stamp on it. 
but um, I, 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 you know, you, I like what you're saying there. It makes me uh, think about how to ensure that that language is consistent over time. All right, wrapping up, uh, we said we'd do a quick one. Uh, what are your hopes and expectations now for the OPEX Fitness Podcast going forward? Uh, conversation, man. I think there's, uh, it's, it really is all about conversation. Um, and I know you're the Miana and someone who could start that, which is obviously why you're, why you're there. That's your expertise. Um, you're a curious person. Um, and, uh, you like figuring out, uh, people's questions. You also have commentary on other people's perspectives to help them upgrade or even challenge their beliefs. Um, as I said, I use the word again, a Miana, which basically is like that person who connects 17 different person's ideas with these one principles and philosophy. So you're going to hear a, it's going to be a theme of the same answer all the time, which is basically a base support of fitness and preparation, et cetera, health in that inside of it. But I hope that, you know, through conversation, people can actually sit back, critically think, um, and meditate on some of these thoughts around fitness prescription and how these people that we have as guests and what kind of questions you ask, uh, ask, you know, uh, change people. All right, James, absolutely fantastic. And uh, so guys, that's our first episode done. Hope you really enjoyed it and uh, look forward to plenty more of these in the future. So from me and James, peace out. See you.